Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. All right, lots of chatter about going back to school and, you know, everybody getting ready, trying to figure out what the protocol is and how we get it all in place, going to see staggered starts, uh, all that sort of thing. So uh, literally, daily, new information is coming out, and uh, we're slowly finding out more. Just a reminder, coming up in about a half an hour, we will carry Premier Doug Ford's uh, news conference live and uh, hopefully have uh, more information on you. In the meantime, let's bring in Donna Skelly, MPP for Flamborough Glanbrook. Talk about uh, the uh, going back to school plan and just generally how people are feeling about it. Donna, thanks for taking the time. I hope you're doing well. I am. It's interesting that the smoking in the boys' room. Very. I believe that was your request, was it not? <laughs> it was. I couldn't think of another school. <laughs> song, and that was the first one. I mean, I went to an all-girls school, so we didn't have a boys' bathroom to begin with. Well, there you go. There you how go. Do you, I mean, and I'm sure none of this ever happened in the girls' bathroom, did it? Nothing, nothing ever bad happened there. Never, especially yeah. in a Catholic girls' school. Never, never, never. Sure. So anyway, what's it been like for you uh, in your role as MPP in this pandemic? What are you hearing from people? What are you hearing from uh, from people that come up and chat with you? Well, it's interesting. I've been part of a committee called uh, the Subcommittee on Finance and Economic Affairs, and we have been meeting nonstop since May every day and uh, wrapping up some nights at 9.30 at night. And it's the largest ever stakeholder engagement, hearing what we have to do, their challenges, what they would like from our government. And it's, it's terrifying, you know. We took a, a staged approach to reopening the economy and followed, of course, the advice of, uh, uh, of Dr. Williams. And he's a very conservative man when it comes to reopening and moving from one stage to another. But um, we're in stage three now, the entire province, all regions, and thank goodness, because, of course, as you know, many businesses were just, you know, struggling terribly. And, and yes, a lot of, for example, restaurants have, have reopened, but they're still, they're still really hurting. We're not out of the woods yet, Scott. We have a long, long way to go. Uh, I'm worried. I'm worried about as we head in through the fall. I don't believe we will ever see again, or at least I'm keeping my fingers crossed that we're not going to have to shut down again. We're going to see peaks, of course, as we we move through the flu season. We know that that's what's happening right around the world. But people are are conscientious. Most people I see are, are abiding and playing by the rules and are wearing masks and social distancing. And as you know, that's the key to combating this disease and to preventing the spread of COVID. So let's just hope that people recognize the seriousness of it. Every so often, I forget what you're dealing with. And, and I was on my own mm. Facebook page the other day, and someone posted a picture of her husband in hospital, intubated, in a coma, fighting for his life. And, and then you realize this is a very, very serious disease, and we all have to do our part to ensure that our loved ones, and that everybody can stay safe. Okay, let's talk about back to school, Donna. And, you know, we've certainly heard what's been going on in the discussion that's been going on uh, for the last several weeks and such. Uh, I've been following this quite closely. It appears that most of the provinces across the country, despite their political stripe, have basically the same kind of plan as what we do uh, here in Ontario. Yet there seems to still be a ton of concern uh, from parents. What are you hearing about uh, from parents, and, and what can you do 
to to answer questions that really have no answers at this point. That's unfortunately the problem. We can we can reassure them that we have been consulting with Canada's leading pediatric experts. This is something that a lot of work, a lot of expert advice. I mentioned Dr. David Williams. He's a very, very uh, he's taken a very conservative approach to reopening the economy, and he would not have signed off on this plan. He said he wouldn't have signed off the plan if he wasn't comfortable with it, if it wasn't a comprehensive and safe plan for students and for staff. Will there be hiccups? I think we all know there will be. But we have also formed a committee, and and it's being led by um, Dr. Dirk Heyer. He will be leading the outbreak response. If there is an event uh, in a school, this group, will be responsible. They're all experts, medical experts, and they will make decisions as to whether it is deemed um, uh, dangerous enough to shut down a classroom or a school. We will be leaning on these experts to help guide us as as we move through the process. But, Scott, our government has spent hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars on putting in measures to keep our students and to keep our teachers, our educators, safe. we have spent more than any other province, and we think it's a good plan. Uh, we just now have to move forward with it. I would be, my sons are, are much older. I know. I think you're, you're is, is, your, is it, your child still in school? Yeah, we uh, have one going to university, well, not now, uh, learning at home, and then one still in grade 8. Okay, so then now you understand, and, and, and it's, very, it's very scary for a lot of parents. But yeah. on the other hand, yeah. students need to be with their friends. I mean, there's going to be another um, follow-up uh, problem after kids get back to school, and that is the the uh, mental health issues for being isolated yeah. for so long, especially if this does drag on any longer. Um, but they need to be with their peers. Um, they, they miss them. It's not a normal way of uh, for children to be spending their summers. They have to get back into the classroom for their own mental health, and I think that we've put in place some, some significant changes and measures to ensure that they are as safe as we possibly can make them uh, and the situation in their classrooms as safe as can be. Uh, the other day, uh, the Prime Minister announced another uh, $2 billion for the provinces. I think uh, Ontario's share is 381 if I'm not uh, mistaken. Uh, how will that be used? Uh, your thoughts on, on that last-minute contribution? Uh, the $380 million, I think they, we get uh, close to $800 million. It's just under $800 million. And I understand that it's going to be broken up, and uh, half now and half in January. Right. And it's, it's, it, it will be used um, in, in all of the areas. We're talking about hiring more teachers. It will, part of that will go to that, for PPE, for um, public health. Uh, we, I mean, we really are making significant investments. Um, we are going to be spending more money on, on making sure that our school buses are clean, hiring more custodians. It will go in, my understanding um, is it will go in the pot to help us, uh, you know, keep our classrooms safe and keep our educators and our students safe. Uh, what are your thoughts to those, some of those that say this should all be spent on new teachers? Well, um, we disagree. It can't all be spent on new teachers. We are allowing school boards flexibility, of course, 
but we believe that we have to spend money on um, mental health, for example, on custodians, on uh, changes and upgrading some of our schools that needed new um, uh, HVAC systems in, in making sure that they have um, uh, enough PPE, um, you, you know, that type of thing. So not it can't all go to to hiring more teachers. We will be hiring more teachers, but there are other measures where this funding has to go, and I think that parents would agree. In fact, the parents that I've spoken to recognize that uh, the bulk of that portion has to go as well into the, the things that I just mentioned. You know, we have to talk about school buses and, and PPE and uh, just cleaning, cleaning our schools throughout the day and every day, and that means it requires more custodians, more cleaning supplies. So the money will be dispersed, I think, um, properly. Uh, but again, it's it's a very fluid process. As we move through this, we will recognize more challenges, and we'll be able to um, redirect some of those resources where they are needed. You're listening to the Scott Thompson Show podcast on 900 CHML. Donna Skelly is with us, MPP for Flamborough Glanbrook. Uh, Donna, we've heard uh, some boards complaining about having to go into their reserve in order to address this situation, which, you know, uh, I'm, uh, from what I understand, this is taxpayer money anyway. And are you surprised at this considering, you know, pretty much every municipality, every uh, every province, the country are, are running massive deficits and, you know, uh, some boards complaining that now we don't have any money if a boiler breaks, which, you know, I, I think is a bit of an exaggeration. But your thoughts on on having to dip into that reserve? Well, first of all, they don't have to dip into it, but they have we've allowed them to dip into it if they so choose. They have the flexibility on how much they want to spend. But while they have the ability, if they feel uh, that it's important to redirect resources in a specific area that haven't identified, they um, don't have to. So they can withhold some of those funds. But as you said, you know, schools are clearly our paramount concern right now. It is our priority. But we also have other priorities. Municipalities have pointed out that they need social housing. We have issues with mental health and health care and LTC. So, and there is only uh, so much money in the province. Um, so do they have to dip into their their reserves? Unfortunately, if they want to do something that isn't covered right now, then they will have to. But I think that that's a reasonable request, given that we are in uh, unprecedented times facing a, um, a global pandemic. It's not an unreasonable request for school boards to have to, you know, put aside some of their long-term plans and deal with what we are all dealing with right now in this crisis. Yeah, if you don't use uh, a rainy day fund for this, what would you use it for? Uh, you know, I was kind of surprised at all of that. Uh, I'm going to play devil's advocate here with you, Donna. Um, many have said, and man, we've been talking about this for 24 weeks now. Uh, many have said that uh, the, the the discussions we're having now and the debates we're having now as things slowly uh, uh, you know, come towards the beginning of the school year and some of the decisions that, that are being made. All of this should have been done weeks ago, months ago, which, you know, again, I find astounding considering weeks and months ago we couldn't even get, uh, you, you know, uh, teachers to give us a Zoom call and, and talk to the students. And, you know, uh, we were at stage one of a pandemic, uh, not where we are now, uh, of course. Uh, your thoughts on, you know, you should have had this in, in place by, you know, April or May. 
that would have been an impossibility, first of all. Scott, think back. People are forgetting what happened five months ago. Think back to the end of March when the message was, stay home, stay home. You weren't going outside. And if you did go outside to walk your dog, it was quiet. There were no cars on the road. Stores were closed. Restaurants were closed. Transportation wasn't running. I mean, that was five months ago. That's not a long time, especially when you're talking about government. I think our government has been exceptional in its reacting and uh, how it's, it's reacted to this crisis. At that point, we were trying to keep people alive. Mm. It, and, you know, that was only five months ago. This plan and the whole process is there's no playbook. It's um, a plan moving forward, as I've said, is fluid. We have to be able to adapt to any sort of a, a shift in whether there's a crisis or a specific area demographic that is starting to present symptoms. But I'm actually quite proud how our government has been very transparent and uh, has always, always leaned on advice of experts in, in any decision that we've made. We were very hesitant to move from one stage to the other. Essex, Windsor, Essex, just came into stage three, you know, weeks ago. So to suggest that we would have a plan in place when we weren't even ready to open our doors um, for dining, uh, you know, we couldn't possibly predict how this was going to uh, unfold. And Ontario has been quite remarkable. We're leading the world in being able to flatten the curve. Part of it, I think a very, very, very big part is... um, the majority of Ontarians are taking this seriously and doing their part. They're wearing masks, they're washing their hands, and they are social distancing. And that is the only way we can combat that like this right now. Hey, how do you explain the turnaround uh, with the Premier and all of a sudden everybody loving him? Because he was, the big bad media painted him a different way. Um, you know, I think people just didn't get him. And, and I, I said, you know, he's, he's not what people have, uh, think he is. He's, he's just a teddy bear. He really is. He's a great guy. He would give you the shirt off his back. I can tell you, he works harder than anyone I know. He has taken one day off, Scott, one yeah. day since we rose on March 7th, I think it was March 15th, that we, our, our um, legislature rose uh, back in the spring. One day. He's traveling all across, all across the province. He really does care. He's a, he's a great guy. He, you know, he's, and he talks to people. He talks to you. He wants, he's very transparent. He doesn't want to hide anything. And I think what you're seeing now is, you know, the real side of Doug Ford. Um, he didn't have an opportunity to really present himself before. I think there was a lot of uh, misunderstanding. You know, he's, a, he's a big guy and he kind of came across as, as uh Somebody did perhaps somebody even fell to the board, maybe, but that's not him. He's, he's got a, a heart of gold, and I think Ontarians, in fact, it's interesting the number of people who have said to me how, how surprised they are at understanding um, what the, the kind of man he is, and, and he's really stepped up to the plate. He is a leader, and he's the leader that we need at this time. All right, I can't let you go, Donna, without uh, mentioning those three great letters, LRT. You and the boss talked about this. Come on, Scarborough's getting a subway, Donna. What's going on? The LRT, well, we're still waiting on the um, 
And I've been in touch with the minister, and, and I was listening to your show actually the other day with Marvin and uh, Bill's as well. Um, believe it or not, it has been delayed for one reason and one reason only, and that is COVID. It, uh, but she is cracking the whip and has told them to get the um, uh, the report completed as soon as possible. And so you will be getting the report. We will, as a city, be getting the report this fall, uh, sooner than later. And uh, we'll just have to wait to see what it says. Um, you know, and I think I think ultimately, though, it will be a council that will probably have to weigh in and decide what they want to do. Oh, Donna, don't do that. Don't push it back there, Donna, please. We can't go through this anymore. Come on. Put us out of our misery. But, but God, if there's another, there's a, you know, even with what um, Joe was mentioning the other day. The yeah, what about the whole Leona bid? Well, the problem is, Somebody has to answer the question, and this is where I have yet to get a clear answer, and, and I wish Joe would explain it to all of us. He talked about a billion dollars coming, billion two, but it's a billion coming from the province. If the feds match, and it would be about a billion, so we're still about two point, depending on who you, just for capital costs, depending on who you speak to, you're about two and a half, uh, sorry, one and a half billion short. So... And, you know, he mentioned um, Leona would be interested in, in, in participating, but, but participation is a very vague word. And the other thing was going to the bank. Does that mean, and this is my question, would someone please answer, does that mean that the additional billion will be borrowed by the city of Hamilton, paid back by taxpayers? That is the question that has to be answered. So are you guys talking about this? Like, are, you know, I mean, you know, the thing, you're saying the, th- the thing that, that Joe hasn't yeah. said. It's like, why don't you and Joe talk on the phone and you can hash all this out? He can call me, but I mean, I can't. Why don't you call him, Donna, and find out what's going on? Well, our, right now, there is nothing going on other than that the um, province is completing a, well, it's MetroLink and Infrastructure Ontario are completing their, their report. Um, that's pretty much what the premier said a couple of right. weeks ago, and the report will be presented to the city. We have a billion dollars. I, I, I don't, you know, we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have a billion. The city is getting a billion dollars, Scott. A billion dollars, no strings attached, for transit. That's a lot of money in the middle of a pandemic. That's a lot of money in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah, but this is all part of, you know, I mean, let's be honest, Donna. Uh, you know, uh, all of this money is part of a recovery plan. Again, we saw the, the premier talk about the same thing in regard to a, a Scarborough subway extension and such. So, again, these are the sort of projects that we're looking forward to coming out of a COVID-19 uh, or coming uh, through a COVID-19 recovery. So would this not be... Uh, a perfect project for that is—is is this not more needed now than prior to COVID nineteen? A lot of things are good projects, but where's the other money coming from, Scott? That's all I'm asking you. Yeah. You know how I feel about all LRT. I've never wavered on it. I think that the electric bus system across the city, I think transit um, is is imperative. And I mean, uh, if you look at the airport, it's the biggest growth area for jobs right now in the city of Hamilton. Is in my area. At the airport, we don't have bus service there, and you have workers that can't get to work. Um, so I'm an advocate for um, getting buses right across and building up the blast network, especially if we could buy green buses. They've come a long way, and they're, they're quite uh, luxurious, can be quite luxurious, and, and, of course, environmentally friendly. And, of course, we could serve more people. But that's not my decision. This is a city council decision, whether you like it or not. And 
in terms of the billion, we're still coming to the table with a billion dollars. But if the project, if you recall, Scott, we had this conversation in year um, back, what, five, six, seven, eight, nine years ago. Probably. The mayor, the mayor always said it was $800 million to build this. Do you remember that? It was going to be built under a billion dollars. We're now at 3.6. Well, every year it gets every year it gets delayed. Obviously, prices are going to go up. That's just the way it is. Any idea when we can hear when we will hear from the province? Even Larry Diani was saying the other day. Basically, this is in the province's court. Any idea when yeah. we will hear that? I mentioned uh, I had been speaking with the minister recently, and she's pushing to get it done as soon as possible. Uh, she wants it done in the fall as quickly as possible, and that's all I can say. I don't yeah. have a, a definite timeline. All right, Donna Skelly's been with us, MPP for Flamborough Glambrook. Donna, as always, thank you so much for the time. Much appreciated. Have yourself a great weekend and be well. You too. Stay safe. The Scott Thompson Show, weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.